When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. All right, uh, Mike, welcome in. Hi, how are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Great. Good morning. Good morning. Doing? We're great. By the way, um, we have neglected to mention uh, since 7 a.m., shout out to those rain- running uh, the New York Marathon today. So today's the New York Marathon. It's beautiful out. I'm sure runners will say a little bit too warm for them. They typically like the temperatures to be somewhere in the 50s, um, you know, uh, high 50s, low 60s. So this is a little warm for them, but nonetheless, shout out. I ran the, the New York Marathon back in 2014. Um, bucket list for sure. Will I ever do it again? No, uh, but it is, uh, it is, is definitely something uh, that when you do check off your bucket list, you feel uh, so uber uh, like, amazing um to be uh, able to accomplish that you you and cynthia she's she's a marathoner too right i didn't know has cynthia i I would imagine she probably ran the boston i think the boston i don't think she's no she's run you know because she's run run like uh, like almost a dozen of them she runs she's run a lot of marathons you guys should talk about it i'm not doing it (laughs) yeah i could i could see and she probably finishes like in under four hours i was lucky to finish in in six so Anyway, uh, enough of that. Uh, Mike, welcome in again. Uh, first and foremost, a, a lot to dive into. And earlier in the show, uh, Matthias and I, we were talking about what happened at the trade deadline. And that's where I want to start with you, right? Like um, a lot of big names, as we know, and, and this happened before Tuesday. Christian McCaffrey, of course, going to the 49ers. I think Kadarius Tony. I'm really intrigued to see how Andy Reid's going to utilize him in Kansas City with that bum uh, hamstring, wink, wink. Um out of all the trades that happen, what's the one that you're most excited for that you think takes a team and really elevates them to um, a whole new level? Yeah, I'll tell you, the, the, the trade that's most intriguing to me, and it's really for all the intangibles, is Chase Claypool getting traded to Chicago because today will be the first time that Justin Fields arrives at the stadium actually thinking that the current head coach and GM may believe in him. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious to see him play because up until then they had traded Roquan Smith they had traded uh, Robert Quinn, and clearly the the message was, hey, this is a rebuild. But when you give up a second-round pick the way they did, um, I think it sent a really interesting message to Justin Fields, who's played better, and I'm really intrigued to watch him today because I think confidence goes a long way with quarterbacks, and we'll get into you know Zach Wilson's struggles here in a second. But my gut is Justin Fields is going to have a dynamic day today. Oh, interesting. When, when it comes to like wow. the trade deadline – um, you know, we we're talking to uh, Vic Carucci and, you know, my question to him was, are they so much better at self-evaluation to go out and pick a piece? Or is it how you you like to say where you just scour and see who's available and, and then you try to see if there's anybody that fits your team? Like what would be your approach? Are you looking for deficits and trying to find a way to improve them at this point in the season? Or are you looking at, at the, the eligible players out there and trying to see who will fit your, your roster? So one of the things we did is, and I learned this from Coach Parcells, is we, we used to do a report called the Outdoor Report, and we used to track the players that left every team and how well they would do. And some teams are better at evaluating their own than others. And we used to try to do trades with teams that, for whatever reason, when they let players go, played well. Mm. 
and a big part of team building, in my opinion, guys, a very underrated aspect of team building is evaluating your own. Like we talk a lot about the draft. We talk a lot about free agency. Obviously, they're very important. But when you really study it, like over a 20-year period, the teams that have success are the ones that evaluate their own. I'll, I'll give you a good example. So like never, ever, 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 ever in this lifetime or any other sign a DB that leaves Coach Belichick because he's really good at evaluating DBs. Now, look, that doesn't mean Steph Gilmore can't have a good year here or there, but like J.C. Jackson is the most recent example of he graduates from New England, he was playing poorly and got hurt. Now, look, getting hurt is too bad, but there's just certain teams that evaluate positions well. Like Andy Reid, typically when he moves on from a player, they don't play great when they leave Andy Reid. Like, you got to know those things. Now, I, I won't say the other side of it, but there's some teams that – for whatever reason, didn't evaluate their own, and those are ones that you look at and say, hey, that's a good opportunity. Let's do business with them. Is it just the evaluation process, or could it be the culture at that team's back? So I feel like there's a lot of guys who left the Giants recently before, you know, you know, that we started trending up, who have gone on and played well, you know, in other places. So could it just be the culture, or is it always an evaluation? Yeah, no, it's a fair point. It could also be the position coach. It could be development. You know, all those things obviously are a factor. Um, but they're, you know, again – there's, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, I heard Anita mention it um, earlier. Like, that's a fascinating one because, you know, when you go back to when the Patriots were rolling, they brought in guys like, you know, Corey Dillon or Randy Moss, and they play great in New England. And mm-hmm. if Kadarius Tony does well, like, when you evaluate the Giants' performance, like, that part of evaluating them, if we own the Giants, is to see, you know, does Kadarius Tony play well someplace else? Like, that's part of decision making in uh, building a team. So, so <laughs> I'm just curious, um, why, why is it that the Patriots can evaluate DBs so well, but they're God awful in evaluating wide receivers? Well, I mean, how many rings does Bill Belichick have up there? I mean, he's got a lot more decisions right than wrong, but he's got a lot for whatever reason, like, you know, second round at receiver, Anita, you're right. hasn't gone well. Now, They've made changes in their front office. You know, some are a little bit more public than others. But, um, you know, Coach Belichick, like, will hold people accountable. And, um, you know, if things he, – he'll be the first one to tell you when he's gotten something wrong and look at it. Um, but it's a fair point. You know, some of their receivers have not worked out. You know, Chase Winovich, uh, a recent draft choice didn't work out. But the thing I admire about Bill is – when he makes a mistake, like he doesn't hide from it. Like there's a reason Chase Winovich isn't a Patriot right now, or a lot of those, you know, receivers like Enkil Harry, for example. Um, when he's wrong, he's wrong, and he moves on. Um, in, in regard to uh, the trade deadline, there's there's some reports out there that the NFL and, and owners and general managers want to see the trade deadline move, be moved back. Are you are you in agreement with that? Is that is that something that you would vote for? Do you think the trade deadline is too soon, Mike? Yeah, so when I was on uh, the general manager's advisory committee, we talked about that a lot. And it's the the concern is that if Team X is eliminated, and let's face it, there's some teams that are close to being eliminated, you know, the Detroits, the Jacksonvilles, would they trade, I'm making this up, but would they trade Everybody. a Trevor Lawrence, you know, what, what what's that? It'd be a fire sale. <laughs> right, exactly. Everybody's out of here. Right, right. And, and, and Matthias, like, the owners don't want that. They want Jacksonville. They want Detroit to be competitive all the way through the season. So I think it should be traded back to answer you, move back, Anita, to answer your question. But um, 
I think what the league will ultimately say is if a team's eliminated, they don't want to impact other races. So, you know, they don't want to see Trevor Lawrence get traded to San Francisco and have San Francisco trade three number one picks eight years from now. Like, that's not what they want. They want people to go to the games in Jacksonville because they feel like they have a chance to get better, Get uh, they're still competitive. Um, so the league philosophically would be against it. Because you, you got you to remember, these are these are businessmen, right? And if you're looking at the, the dollars and, and if we have no statistical chance of making it, why are we still maintaining this roster at this, this price? So I, I could see that being a strategy. Hey, we're going to go for it as long as we have a chance. And if we don't have a chance anymore, then we're going to move on. That could be a strategy. And I, I think that would be bad for the league. So I agree with you on that one. Mike, before we take a break, I'd love for you to uh, to comment on what's going on uh, with, with Washington and Dan Snyder and him hiring, uh, I think it's Bank of America, to oversee the sale. You know, prior to that, we were hearing, oh, you know, he, he really, he stuck his, his, you know, flag in the sand and I'm not going to sell and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal some dirt on everybody, including Roger Goodell, if you make me sell. And now he's dancing to the beat of a different drum. Your thoughts on on in what you know and what transpired here, and uh, and and who do you think buys the team? Yeah, boy, there's you know a lot to unpack there. You know, um, fear does the work of reason, right? So if he was worried that he was going to have to force to be sold, you want to do it on the on these terms. Like if we could just go back for a second to um, what happened in the NBA. So Robert Sarver was the owner of the Suns. He gets suspended for a year and then could come back. And Sarver comes out and says, you know what? Like, I want to sell the team. Now I can sell from a position of strength instead of being forced to sell. Now that's good for Robert Sarver. That's going to put more money in his pocket. It's also good for the other NBA owners because, you know, for obvious reasons, right? You want the values to go up for all franchises. So I don't know this, Anita, but one of the things that could potential, and again, I, I just want to be clear, I don't know this, but it is conceivable that Roger Cadell could have said to Dan Snyder, like, look, there's an investigation going out there. Mary Jo White's leading it. The way it's trending right now, we're going to ask you to sell the team. You don't want that because now, like, people are going to be able to buy the team at a price that's not at a maximum value. You want to get in front of it and sell the team, uh, you know, basically on your own terms. So I'm not saying that happened, but that's certainly a possibility. And then, you know, I'm sure the league's going to look for, you know, obviously somebody that's, very wealthy. I'm sure, um, you know, diversity is very important. I'm, maybe there's a conglomerate that could be put together that, the, you know, they could cobble together a group. But under league rules, guys, just so we're clear, you have to write a check for at least 30% of the purchase price. So you're talking about somebody, if it's $5 billion or more, you know, you're talking about somebody writing a check um, for literally between like $1.5 to $2 billion, and then you can finance the rest. Um, but let's face it, there's just not a lot of people on the planet that, you know, could go to their ATM unless you're, you know, betting Anita's locks of the week. You know, <laughs> outside of those, there's just not a lot of people that can write a check for $1.5 billion. Um, so I think we could probably come up with a list of ESPN Sunday morning listeners and Jeff Bezos. Like that list is pretty small, guys. <laughs> I, I, th I think diversity should be uh, of the utmost importance. And we do have uh, multiple owners in, in different teams. And so if, if it's, if it's, wanted it could happen i think that the absolutely NFL needs to want there to be diversity and ownership there are enough minority individuals who have big pockets and and can do it and it doesn't always necessarily need to be just here in the united states if you look internationally there are significant amounts of billionaires who are capable of writing that type of check it just needs to be opened up to them 
and Kiwi, to that point, you know, that's what they did, um, you know, in Denver. They try to expand the ownership group. You know, Shah Khan is, you know, um, somebody that's uh, of not American, you know, he, he's an immigrant. You know, so I agree with that. I think diversity and also, you know, expanding the pool of potential people that can own it. Um, I think those things would be really healthy for the game long term. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But the primary owner has to be able to, again, to write a check for 30% of the purchase price. That's the way the league. Now, what's interesting about this conversation and story from the day is like, you know, in five years from now or 10 years from now, I'm sure they're going to have to change the governance issues because as these prices go up, there's just not that many people that could write a check for 30%. And they've always been against corporate ownership. You know, they don't want it to be the, you know, the Amazon Commodore, you know, commanders or, you know, the uh, MasterCard giants, right? Like they've always been, it's been, you know, individuals or families that have owned these teams. And I think there's a lot of people out there, myself included, that five years from now, 10 years from now, that, that may have to change just because, again, as these values go up, there's just very few people that could afford it. And then of those people, you know, not all of them necessarily are going to want to own a team. Interesting insight. Uh, always so great. Uh, you know, your, your wealth of in, in experience on this program, Mike. Thank you so much. We get back. Uh, let's do a deeper dive into this Jets-Bills matchup. First time we'll hear uh, Mike Tannenbaum break it down for us. Also, a little preview uh, in regard to the Giants in their second half of the season. What are Mike's expectations? Of course, uh, for all three of us, we'll have our scores, our predictions. We'll take your calls. There's a number of people who want to chime in. We'll get you up to speed on some news and notes out there. This is New York Game Day with for another 40 minutes leading into your Jets pregame show with Dan Gross and Greg Buttle right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. The bomb is about to be dropped. It's Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. That's right. Time for Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. Brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. Mike, we are ready. Chicago Bears 28. Miami Dolphins 27, Justin Fields runs for two and throws for two, and 
I'm telling you, this Chase Claypool trade is going to change his trajectory. He was playing better football when you watch him over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I've been there with transitions. I've been there where you are inherited a, a quarterback. Is he? Isn't he? New guy, old guy, what is he? And that Chase Claypool trade has validated Justin Fields. And I can't wait to watch a young quarterback play with confidence. And I'm just fascinated by that development and looking forward to watching that game today. Wow, that's Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. For a pain-free life, visit samuelpain.com. So I guess needless to say, if you play uh, DFS, get uh, based on, on Mike's opinion. I might even play some DFS with a little Justin Fields in my lineup. Uh, it is time for the Big Blue Report, brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. Mike, uh, Kiwi and I had a chance to uh, to talk about, of course, uh, the the Giants a little bit earlier on the show, but bringing in the GM hat as you wear so well. Uh, thoughts on what Joe Shane and this team needs to do with both Daniel Jones and uh, Saquon Barkley. Shane spoke to the media this week and said, if they're going to start negotiating with Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, it would be during the bye week. What do you expect coming out of the Giants pertaining to these two gentlemen? I think they should keep both of them. The object of the exercise is to keep good players. Like We could talk about TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. Like I am hard-pressed to understand how the Detroit Lions are better off not having TJ Hawkinson on their team. And when you look at the same lens of like Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, why would you not want Saquon Barkley on your team? Like figure out a way to extend them at some reasonable number. Maybe there's a guarantee compromise and average per year could be worked out. And Daniel Jones, again, guys, if he doesn't resign, there are so many teams that need quarterbacks. And I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, I mean, there's probably at least 12 teams that we could quickly identify as teams that need a, a quarterback for next year. Someone's going to pay Daniel Jones, and here's what would really worry me if I was the Giants guys. <clears throat> we let him graduate for whatever reason, can't get a deal done, don't want to tag him, whatever it is. Who's your quarterback next year, yes. and what happens if he continues to get better with another team? <laughs> Thank you. That's what, I, that's what I keep saying. Sometimes the market is not just dictated by your skill. It's dictated by necessity. Do we re- do the Giants really want to go back into searching for and developing a quarterback at this phase after they've had a little bit of success? I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. So, um, so there is, again, there is that I, I said, and I know we talked about this before, uh, you know, I think they should extend Daniel Jones in tag Saquon Barkley, but you know, Matthias made a really good point earlier on the show. And he said, what kind of message are you sending to your locker room? If you tag a guy who's been really the straw that stirred this drink uh, so far, the season for the giants and helping them win. And my reaction to him was, listen, Dave Gettleman put this, this organization in a really bad situation. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you just, and I don't know what the books are. They're not in front of me. And, and of course, as we all know, that's above my pay grade. Hey, but Anita, mm-hmm. can, can, can I push back on that for a second about this whole Dave Gettleman thing? I mean, sometimes it's like having dinner with your in-laws. Like, you know, like your wife's <laughs> away. You have to have dinner with your in-laws and you're going there and you're, you're like really worried about it. But when you sit down, like conversation's pretty good and. You know, you leave, you're like, okay, I'm glad I had dinner with my in-laws. And, like, you know, like, we could talk about all the things he didn't get done, and I get it. But, you know, like, his legacy, to me, could look a lot different if Barkley and Jones continue to play for, for the Giants for years to come. I, I, there's no denying that. Like, he has definitely hitched his wagon on Daniel Jones, that's for sure. But, you know, the, the, 
the way that that him and that organization it wasn't just him but the way that they handled uh, the cap and it just it, it put this franchise in such a bad situation so that you know that's my take you know um but nonetheless um you know let's 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 start turning our attention to a game that is going to happen in our own backyard and of course that's the Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills uh, my question to you and, and Kiwi we haven't really hit on this today and that is at what point in time guys does the organization say you know what we swung and missed on Zach Wilson does or and, and I or maybe a second part of that question is does that even come Mike yeah that's really easy for me he, he's playing recklessly right now um you know, when you look at them statistically on offense, it's awful. 27th in the league on first downs per game, 29th on third down conversion, 26th in offensive efficiency. And defensively, it's like a really different story. Like, they're getting better. They're improving. And Kiwi knows this better than anybody, which is it's not what Joe Douglas thinks or Robert Sala thinks. It's when those two guys walk into the building and the other 52 players are like, well, wait a second. Like, if I was late, if I wasn't making good decisions, if – you're going to hold me accountable. Why are you not holding him accountable? Like uh-huh. those were really bad decisions. Like the way he played and the roughing the passer or what should not have been maybe against Mac Jones to me was the difference between those two teams last Sunday. And at some point there's enough good things going on with the jets that they're going to have to say like, we're being hypocritical if we let him on the field, because what do we stand for if performance doesn't matter? Yeah, I agree. It can definitely kill a locker room when you're when you're watching a guy who's not held to the same standard just because the position is too important. Uh, we had a call earlier who was saying that you know that these next three games they have um, the Bills, Patriots, and Bears, and he was saying these three games are going to be the tell, you know, as to whether or not they're going to have to start looking for a new quarterback next season. And I said, hold on, you know, I don't think these next three, I don't think after the Bears game, you start saying, okay, now we need to start evaluating for the next season. Where do you draw the line? I mean, is this a let's let the season play out type of thing? Or are you on the, on the caller side where it's like, hey, listen, if, if we're not, if this doesn't get better in these next three games, we're going to have to have a conversation. What do you think? Yeah, uh, look, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, it's just not good enough. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, let's go back to that dinner with the in-laws. Like, you know, you go in there with low expectations, and sometimes <laughs> the dinner. I feel, I feel like you got that on your mind a little bit. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah, you just good. have dinner with the in-laws last <laughs> did, night. Did, did they did they put you on a spirit flight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, I was logging on trying to make my you know locks of the week here on Spirit Airlines dinner with the in-laws, but. <laughs> no, but in all serious, no, but in all <laughs> in all seriousness, guys, here here's the problem. Zach Wilson to me, you know, there's a very fine line of and we've talked about this before, right? When you look at quarterback development, Josh Allen's gotten better, two has gotten better, Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith is like, you know, it's taken him along, but those guys have gotten better. So I understand patience and he's the second pick overall. Totally get it. But you have a chance to make the playoffs right now. Seven teams make the playoffs. It would make a huge validation for Robert Sala, for Joe Douglas. I've been there. Getting to the playoffs validates your entire program. And right now, one guy is holding back the whole program. Look, Priest Hall is going to get hurt. We know that, guys, right? Injuries are going to happen. That's all acceptable. They go out. They've picked up Dwayne Brown, James Robinson. They're trying to survive and stay in this thing. And he was such an outlier last week. And, again, it wasn't like, hey, the ball was behind a receiver. Like, these are egregious, reckless decisions. And again, I've been there. I've been there where I've made bad decisions and I've had guys that I respected in the program say like, 
you have to make changes because you're going to lose your credibility. Mm. And the head coach and GM, they have that at risk because if they're out there ignoring what everybody else is seeing, it's hard for them to say, hey, this is what we stand for. This has been your Big Blue Report brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Pick or design the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their six area locations. Um, interesting as well, you know, the fact that Mike White was was elevated and Joe Flacco now the number three. Uh, we had um, Rich Samini who was on earlier. Uh, I, I I don't know. Is, is that is that is that foreshadowing writing on the wall? If we do see Zach Wilson struggle again, uh, but, will he get a hook to to have Mike White come in and for this organization to see what do they have in Mike White? Isn't that a little that like that's hard for me, guys? Because like on the one hand, like if you have one game to play, Joe Flacco. Look, he played Joe played good against Baltimore. You know, like mm-hmm. he the offensive line was overwhelmed. I'm just saying, like that seems a little inconsistent to me, right? If you're trying to win for today. Joe's the guy. If you're blowing the whole thing up and saying we don't know what we have at the quarterback position, then I would ride with Zach Wilson because he has the higher ceiling than Mike White. So, you know, maybe there's other reasons we don't know why they flip, you know, Mike White and Joe Flacco. We'll see. Uh, this is New York Game Day. Mike Tannenbaum, Anita Marks, as well as Matthias Kiwanuka. I know we've got some callers on. We get back. Let's get you on the show. I apologize. I wanted to get to you this segment, and uh, and, and we did not, and that's on me. 800-919-3776. Also, we get back. We'll get you up to speed on some news and notes out there. And, of course, we always finish the, sh- the show strong with our score predictions as well. So still all of that coming your way here on 90.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. New York Game Day brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management for a pain-free life. Visit samuelpain.com. Also, uh, New York Game Day brought to you by Bud Light. Enjoy your game day. And um, and also brought to you by uh, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blend, triple distilled, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure you grab a Tullamore Dew during tonight's action. Remember, when it's telly time, um, it is game time. Please enjoy responsibly. Also, a reminder, Jets fans, okay? Third time I'm telling you today. Uh, at noon, high noon, fireworks are going to go off. What does that mean? Shut down the keg, turn off the uh, barbecue, start heading in. Why Jets want you in your seats by 1245 to support your team, cheer them on. They're going to need it, trust me, today against this Buffalo Bills team. Uh, gentlemen, let's go to our calls, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, welcome in. Anita! 
We're at Gate 11. Gate 11, right next to the firemen. And I am so pumped. I got the formula for beating the Bills. You ready? You do a full-out blitz on the first play. So what they score. He goes down. I don't want him to get hurt. He hits his head on the turf. Concussion protocol. He's out. I have no idea who the backup quarterback is, but it's okay. And we beat the Bills. What do you think, Anita? Oh, wait. Wait. I think maybe I could do like a chance. Wait. 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 Anita, wait. Hey. Just there. He's, he's not going to make Jet it in. Jet. You're on ESPN. <laughs> Go. Oh my gosh. I don't even I don't even know what to do with that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um uh, let's just yeah, let's just let's go to our next caller, please. Uh Artie, love you, man, but wow. Uh let's go to Chris in New York. Chris, welcome in. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Because I'm full of hot mess. What'd you say? Uh, can you hear me? Because uh, my phone is a hot mess. So I, uh, please can't hear me. Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, cool. Um, I just want the Jets fans and and I'll think media on the Jets not stop on Zach Wilson. He's so young. And I mean, compare his spots. I'm sorry, on. Chris. We're, we haven't, we're having a tough time understanding you, but I, I understand your point. Chris is pretty much saying, uh, listen, don't give up on Zach Wilson. I, I get it, especially, I, I mean, Mike, you know this. When, when, you, when you draft a quarterback that high, uh, you, you need to make sure that, you know, you, you get every, every ounce um, out of that squeeze, out of that, out of that, that fruit to see, make sure that it, it's just not rotten. I get it. But I, I, I just... It's just not sitting well. I, I, I've already, I'm leaning more towards this was not a good draft pick for me. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, um, you know, we, we had similar situation with Mark Sanchez where it was up and down, a lot of turnovers. You know, one minute you wanted to love him and extend the next minute you wanted to cut him. Um, but overall, like, the trajectory was good. I think one of the big differences was that Rex was really, like, calling the game from – we're going to run it. We're going to play great defense. And the passing game was like the third element. They're clearly trying to establish this team with, you know, they have some good young players in Garrett Wilson. And obviously when Brees Hall was there, um, hopefully one day Elijah, Elijah Moore. And it's just not working. So um, the rest of the team is clearly developing, especially on the other side of the ball. Um, and if you have a chance to win, one of the things you could really do is play Zach Wilson, but just say, hey, we're one-third running it and – uh, two-thirds running at one-third passing and, and that's something that Robert Sala has to evolve and go from a defensive coordinator to a head coach and really like your job as a head coach guys is you're also the chief strategist and like today for example the best way to beat Josh Allen guys is to keep him on the sideline and one of the things that working with Rex I thought one of his strengths were he knew that that there were certain weeks like we just didn't have great matchups and that's why, like today, I would love to see the Jets just run the ball and keep that great offense on the sidelines for the Bills. Some, somebody's going to do it eventually. I mean, I think the league has become such a passing league now. It's going to be it's going to be revolutionary to put a fullback and a, a tailback in the backfield and line up and and just try to power over some teams. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I, I agree with you 100. For for me, I feel and and I appreciate what the caller had to say. 
even though we, we couldn't really understand him. But I, just, I feel for the the long tenured guys on this Jets team who have like seen this quarterback situation year after year and then had a little glimpse of oh maybe this could this could happen and then falling back and being like oh no so it's like how do you just get wins you know it's like we can talk about evaluating and and wanting to make sure your legacy is set and you know and whether or not he's the right quarterback but like like how do you look those long term like long tenured players in the eyes and say hey we're doing everything we can if this has been status quo for so long you know we draft a guy high and we you know it doesn't work out we give up on him and then we got to draft another guy like that's got to be tough to do right are, are there still fullbacks in the nfl i just i don't No, i, I think yeah. <laughs> when, i don't there's there's i just don't yeah i don't see it anymore uh let's go to mitch mitch welcome in how's it going Anita? welcome in how you doing Thanks welcome to new york here. game day Thanks for taking my call. Um, <clears throat> it looks like the Bills going to be too much. Um, they got such a good quarterback. But I don't, think, I don't see Buffalo ever going past Kansas City. Is this year. They're gonna, he's going to be like Jim Kelly. So close yet so far. But what's the story with our Chargers, man? They're, they're so brittle. They, they get hurt just as much as the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. You can hardly see them. So many guys injured. They got. I think they're down to one offensive weapon with uh, Justin Herbert, and that's uh, Austin Eckler. You think they can pull out today? Um, thanks for taking my call. You got it, Mitch. Um, yeah, so Keenan Allen is out. Mike Williams is out. I love Josh Palmer, by the way. Uh, one of my, my favorite plays in DFS in fantasy as well as I'm going to take the over in receptions and over receiving yards. What's really interesting about that matchup is that both defenses are horrible on what the opposing team does well, right? Like, uh, you've got an Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, they're depleted in their secondary. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to pass on them all day. And for the Atlanta Falcons, the Chargers have one of the West worst rushing defenses in the NFL. And that's what Atlanta loves to do is run the football. And they have Cordero Patterson back. So I like the over in that matchup over. And I want to say it's at 46 and a half or 47 and a half, something like that. New York game day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka and Anita Marks.